Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. wide receivers for week one as we mentioned in the running back rankings video we are going to take extra time each week three videos in fact to go through individual positions to rank each one not just to bring up recent stats for each player but more so their matchups their tendencies injuries on both sides of the ball hayden so the people out there all of you that we care about so deeply you can make the best decision possible for your roster each and every week Yep, and the baseline of this is on Underdog Network. The blueprint is my rankings for every single position. This chart is the one that's most valuable. Looking at Vegas totals on the week, how much play volume they're going to get. And obviously, we're recording this on a Wednesday. There will be lots of injury updates for sure. that we'll have to get to on the Sunday morning. Long-ass live Q&A. Yes, that is important. Be sure to tune in around 10 a.m., 10.30. We'll lock in that schedule this Sunday here on the channel. It's all devoted to answering your questions. Two more notes. These are Hayden's rankings. Let him know in the comments what you think of them. And right now, as Hayden said, we do have injuries. Injury reports are coming in as we are recording this show. But right now, we're operating as if Cooper Cup, Jerry Judy are out this week. There are injuries to Terry McLaurin, Christian Watson, Jason, among others that potentially limit them. But we'll discuss those situations as we hit on their teammates. And we kick things off with tier one, Hayden Winks, and none other than Justin Jefferson against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. While the offense might be questionable in Tampa Bay, Jamal Dean, Carlton Davis, both on pretty decent money. But we're talking about the best wide receiver in the league here. Yeah, and even last year, the Bucs were 25th against fantasy wide receivers. But Kirk Cousins, 10 dome games last year. He averaged 282 yards versus 245 yards outdoor. When you get Kirk Cousins at home against a bad defense, it's time to print. Remember week one last year when like the Packers elected to not cover Justin Jefferson and he just totally roasted them? That'd be mm -hmm. fun if we got that once again. Jamar Chase is your wide receiver, too, this week against the Cleveland Browns. This game has the third highest total of the week at 47 and a half points. I do want to mention that despite being electric all of last season, it was not an easy start for Jamar Chase. Just one week higher than wide receiver 20 in the opening five games. But I bet we just carry on exactly what happened at the end of last year with just sensational numbers here for JC. Yeah, I'm monitoring Denzel Ward's status. That's the Browns' number one corner. He's in the concussion protocol. We'll see if he plays. Even if he does, Jamar Chase had a 10 reception, 119 yards, one touchdown game the last time they went out there. Jamar Chase balls. Yeah, 15 targets in that game. And we've talked about it a lot this summer when talking about wide receivers and the Bengals in general, going from deep ball to pendant Jamar Chase to high volume. Jamar Chase is terrifying stuff for defenses. Amon Ross St. Brown on Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs is your wide receiver three. Why? Yeah, the you're not going to get the Lions in like very clear negative game script. But when we do have that, Amon Ross St. Brown's going to eat. They're like trotting out there like Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones. And then like the number two, number three guys in target pecking order 
are rookies at running back and tight end, like Amon Ra has got to be projected for 10 to 15 targets this week. And to look in the Pick'em lobby over on Underdog Fantasy, his projections are six and a half receptions, 75 and a half receiving yards, and almost 15 fantasy points. Uh, that is just goodness that we love to see from him. Didn't mention it, but without Chris Jones potentially on this Kansas City Chiefs defensive line um, and also no Charles Amenahu, we could see this Lions offensive line completely demolish yep. that group. And that's obviously a big help for David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, as we talked about on the running back show. Okay, your wide receiver for Tyree Kill against the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, last year, the Chargers defense absolutely lit up the Dolphins offense uh, yep. to uh, like completed 36% of his passes for 145 yards. It was one of these blueprint games that I'm fearful of with the, the Dolphins offense. And still Tyreek Hill uh, had a long touchdown. So like you can't, you can only drop him down, down so much. Now I will say there's one other thing I'm, I'm monitoring left tackle Teron Armstead questionable. If he's out, I think that's not going to be good for them. I'm a little bit concerned with the, the Dolphins pass game, but I have Jalen Waddle knocked more than I do Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think that's a great point. 60-yard touchdown certainly helped Tyreek get 10 targets, four receptions, 81 yards, and a score last year. Yeah, he made up 81 of two as 145 yards and a score. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll see. Like, It's amazing we have this offseason conversation around the Miami Dolphins and how they finished last year. And the first test that we get is exactly what you said. One of those games that we were nervous about how they concluded the season. And we're going to get our answers almost immediately once week one hits. And this is Char, This is just the Dolphins neutral pass rate, how often they chose to pass the ball. Early in the season, they were passing the ball a ton way over the NFL league average. Once we saw defenses make adjustments, including this Chargers game in week 14, you saw the Dolphins neutral pass rate really start to kick down. That's following the same storylines that we've heard this offseason with the Dolphins that they want to run the ball and why we ranked Raheem Mostert fairly ahead of consensus. A.J. Brown against the New England Patriots. Bill and Steve Belichick is your wide receiver five. Yeah, this is like one of those where I'm like sticking with what I had in the season long rankings here. Yes, it's a not a great matchup at the same time. It's a rookie cornerback and Christian Gonzalez historically, and we're going to talk about this a lot every single week. So I want to just belabor this real quick. Rookie corners, whether they're good or bad, get targeted often. Last year, eight of the top 25 corners in uh, snaps per target were rookies. The year before that, also eight out of 25. Basically, these coordinators are looking at the rookie corners and seeing if they can play ball, if they know ball. We're going to get that with Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. who are going to play on the outside. I think Christian Gonzalez is good, but we'll see him tested. I think that's good news for AJ Brown. Yeah, and the Patriots play man coverage at the sixth highest rate last season. You're going to get torched, I think, even if you are Bill and Steve Belichick, if you leave these alpha elite wide receivers on an island against your young-ish corners. And a couple of them are quite small. Not Christian Gonzalez, but some of the other ones are. Um, okay, Calvin Ridley, you're going out on a ledge here, and I absolutely love it. Your wide receiver six, the first time we've seen him in, what, two seasons against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, so last year the Colts, or this offseason, I should say, the Colts lost three of their corners. Right now they might be starting a second-round rookie in Julius Brents, who I thought was very uh, inconsistent as a prospect. And then 2022 UDFA, a corner on the perimeter. It's as bad as you get for the Colts defense. One of my biggest takeaways doing all the research for this week is how horrific 
this Colts roster is. And I'm shocked that the Jaguars are only projected to win by five points. If I was picking just one side of the week, I would just take the Jaguars in every single category. And for Calvin Ridley, he basically dominated the preseason. No hiccups in his training camp. And last year, uh, even without him, the Jaguars were fourth in wide receiver fantasies. They just got really unlucky in the red zone from time to time. I think all that's going to clear up against a pretty bad Colts defense. And I think Shaq Leonard is still like in the concussion protocol, possibly as you know, their star middle linebacker. The biggest question yet, do we immediately get true wide receiver one usage? And when Trevor gets his choice based on the coverage, it seems like so far he is obviously always looking for Calvin Ridley. Something that I have been doing is taking your rankings and comparing them over to consensus rankings just to find the biggest dichotomy between the two. This is one of them. Consensus rankings of like a hundred other fantasy football analysts have Calvin Ridley as wide receiver 15. That's a major hedge. That is, you know, trying not to live a little bit and stick your neck out there. And you are. I absolutely love this, Hayden. Yeah, I know ball. Well, we'll see. <laughs> maybe, maybe we figure out based on the biggest differences and gaps in consistency rankings each week. If that is you proving yourself, if YKB possibly. Okay. Your wide receiver seven is CD lamb against the New York giants. A aggressive blitzing unit led by Wink Martindale against now a Mike McCarthy-led offense. Yeah, I think eventually I settled on the Cowboys. They're probably going to still play with enough pace. Maybe that drops down a little bit, but I still expect them to pass the ball just because that's the way their personnel sets up. CeeDee Lamb, fun matchup. You get Adoree Jackson down in the slot uh, in the two games last year. CeeDee Lamb had 87 yards and a touchdown and 84 yards and a touchdown. And then on the perimeter right now, the Giants might be starting two rookie corners, including yep. a six-round rookie. Uh, CeeDee Lamb doesn't, is probably not going to play that much on the perimeter, but if he does, you're going to love those matchups. And that's also why I have Brandon Cooks, who we'll get to later, ranked a little bit ahead, too. I think it's a good matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins are those two rookie corners. And you mentioned it. He roasted this team on downfield explosive last year. Kellen Moore was fantastic at creating those. Question is if Mike McCarthy is the same exact way. Garrett Wilson is your wide receiver eight facing the Buffalo Bills. Speaking of corners, they get Trey White back. Christian Benford is starting as an outside corner who was a previous, I think, six rounder over Kyer Elam, who's a previous first rounder. Yeah, I think the Bills defense is like decent, but I think it's probably a little bit overrated when it comes to ranking them for fantasy. Uh, the Bills were 26 against fantasy wide receivers last year. When Gary Wilson had Mike White and Zach Wilson as quarterbacks, he still had 78 yards and 92 yards against the Bills. Tredavious White just hasn't been the same player since his injury. And then if it's Kyrie Elam or this other guy you're talking about in the boundary, not really scared of those guys either. So this is just kind of where I had Garrett Wilson going into the season. And I think it's not the best matchup, but I also don't think it's the worst. I mean, Garrett Wilson with anyone other than Zach Wilson is a superstar. And we've already seen like the mind meld that he and Aaron Rodgers have, especially inside the red zone. It's Devontae Adams-esque usage. And that just equals fancy points for us. Speaking of Devontae Adams, he's your wide receiver nine against the Denver Broncos. There's two corners in the NFL that I'm like legitimately scared of. It's Patrick Sertan mm -hmm. and Sauce Gardner. Devontae Adams is going to get Patrick Sertan this week. Then I looked at the box scores last year. Devontae Adams against the <laughs> freaking Broncos last year had 141 yards and two touchdowns and then 101 yards. Uh, one of those games was Sertan's worst PFF grade of the year. Wow. This is not a good setup for Devontae Adams. Even with that, you can't rank him outside the top 10. The old man educating 
the young up and coming corner. I love that. Um, I will say with Devontae Adams, 20% of his targets were 20 plus yards down the field last year, which is an absurd number. 10 of his touchdowns of what 14, which led the NFL or uh, 25 yards or further out. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback. We talked about this all offseason. That is not Jimmy Garoppolo's game ever, 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 ever. So how is that going to look differently? We've seen Devontae, you know, win in many other places than just vertically, but it's going to be a significant change versus what we saw and where the points were accumulated last year. Yeah, I don't think Devontae Adams is going to lead the NFL in these deep targets and deep receptions like he did last year. But Jimmy G does pepper the middle of the field, like 5 to 15 yards right over the middle. Right. First I'm looking deep. at that 20. You see that little red bump that we see oh, from yeah. like 15 to 20? Yeah, I mean, that, that's this significant. Is, that's significant, but I will say Devontae Adams will torch totally. some tools over the middle, too. So I think it's just going to be the, the yards in the touchdowns will go down. Yeah. The receptions will be perfectly fine. Yeah, rather than acrobatic catches down the field along the sideline, we're going to get inside breaking routes and uh, him leaping over some corners. Okay, to close out this first tier, it is Stefan Diggs against Sauce Gardner and the New York Jets. Yeah, so Sauce Gardner is one of those guys I was talking about. He actually held up Diggs fairly well. 93 scoreless yards and 37 scoreless yards uh, last year. The Bills, while they're typically projected for like 28, 30 points, somewhere in that range, they're only projected for 24 and a half. So I think it is fair to knock Steph Diggs down just a little bit because of the matchup. I think Steph Diggs will be fine. These superstars, I move them down like within a tier when it comes to bad matchups. I'm not going to drop them down multiple tiers. I think this is the lowest I can rank Diggs. Yeah, and I don't just want to look at individual corners too. Like I think the Jets pass rush was the best unit of the preseason. And my big question for Stefan Diggs, who was awesome last year, like do the increased additions that we've seen of Dalton Cade and Deontay Hardy plus a healthy Gabriel Davis just take more points away mm -hmm. from him? Um, again, Maybe we'll get our answer here to start in week one. Tier two time. And that leads us off with DK Metcalf against the Los Angeles Rams, uh, who have one player that you know on defense, and his name is Aaron Donald. And then 10, you'll have to look up on rosters once this game kicks off. Yeah, I wrote in my column here, the starting cornerback rooms, Akilah Weatherspoon is kind of just a veteran journeyman, Kobe Durant, kind of unproven, and then Darian Kendrick, who I like legitimately have never heard of. Um, and more importantly, the Seahawks are projected to score a ton of points, rightfully so, because this defense and DK Metcalf just like ran really bad when it came to touchdowns. You can see here yep. his predicted touchdowns were over eight, but he only scored six of them. He had the third most expected touchdowns in the league last year. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to try to play, but I would not be surprised if it's on a very limited basis. And even if Jackson Smith and Jigba is out there, we're talking about somebody that's an absolute superstar and DK Metcalf, I think a more well-rounded player and probably honestly at this point, he might be like underrated, just like people are like trying to make DK Metcalf not a thing. I think he's very much a thing, especially in this matchup. He had 22 end zone targets last season. The next closest wide receiver was at 14. I do quickly want to, Talk about JSN because I'm sure people got a discount on him after that broken wrist injury or that broken wrist, I should say. Um, Pete Carroll said there was no hesitation in playing him in week one. We've seen him catching passes, albeit with a cast on or a brace and many of them underhand. Look, I am no doctor. I don't know if we'll see full participation or expected role usage from JSN that they probably planned for him prior to this injury? Are you in the same wavelength I am? 
Yeah, I am. I think ultimately a Sunday morning we'll probably get a good report, and at that point I'll make a better judgment call. So that's why we have the long ass live Q and A. <laughs> and just quickly, we'll talk about this probably with Geno Smith on tomorrow's quarterbacks ranking show. Like this offense was so much fun last year, yet they were quite bad in scoring touchdowns inside the red zone. So like if the long touchdowns go away, maybe inside the twenty yard line that they've spent all off season probably uh, creating better plays and better success and more efficient in that area uh, can balance that out. Okay. Quickly. If you are here, you've made it 15 minutes in welcome. We're going to help you not only win your draft, but also September and October through your fantasy league. So hit that subscribe button, be a part of the 29%, the 30% that watch and then hit subscribe. Okay. Next Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back-to-back as your wide receiver 12 and wide receiver 13. Why are these chargers against the Miami Dolphins so high up in your rank? Well, just looking at it last year, the chargers played a lot of pace, lots of pass rate. They were third in yards. It was just the touchdowns that weren't going into the end zone. Right now, the chargers are projected for the second most points on the week at 27. It's a home game. The Dolphins have a chance to make this a shootout. But more importantly, right now, the Dolphins secondary is absolutely obliterated by injuries. Jalen Ramsey's on IR, Ken Crossin's on IR, Nick Needham's on the pup list. Right now, it's like Xavier Howard, who actually led the NFL in yards uh, allowed per PFF, and Eli Apple on the outside, who was seventh in most uh, yards allowed last year. So that's why I have this massive Mike Williams ranking. And then for Keenan Allen, who might play in the slot a little bit more, uh, their Dolphins uh, nickel corner, he allowed the eighth most targets per snap last year. So, like, my question is, like, why am I not ranking these two higher than this? Like, wow. The Chargers are projected for the second most points. We know they're going to pass the ball. We don't think that Quinton Johnson is going to have a role. Joshua Palmer is not a target getter. Uh, Gerald Everett is out there just in case something else happens. These are where the, the ball is going to. And we know there's going to be a lot of balls going into the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I do think Quentin Johnson's going to have a role. I bet he plays around 30 to 40, maybe even 50% of the snaps. I do want to bring up that consensus rankings have Mike Williams as wide receiver 25. Do you think that's just from the perception that he is a all or nothing spiked week type player and not someone like you are ranking here who is locked into your lineup no matter what? Well, the last two years, so like last year, Mike Williams was the wide receiver 21. And that was a very injury plagued year and the Chargers offense just wasn't as good. The left tackle wasn't healthy. Uh, and then the year before that, he was the wide receiver nine. So I just, I just simply just don't understand the wide receiver 25 ranking. Devontae Smith, your wide receiver 14 again against the Patriots. I'm actually surprised that he's this far apart from AJ Brown, considering how he finished last season, more targets was just as productive. I mean, I think if you leave him in isolation, just like you are with AJ Brown, uh, you are contending for an similarly elite talent. Yeah, the targets were there, but the air yards, the red zone share, all of that stuff, the yards after catchability, I think slight. Yeah, the, the yak ability is, is much worse. Yeah, so that's that's the primary difference here. I think the Tavonta Smith is a, a decent enough matchup. Chris Olave against the Tennessee Titans is your wide receiver 15. The biggest thing that I'm watching in this game is the top-down approach from Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints. If the change at quarterback changes how the Saints finished last season where they – ran the fewest plays in the NFL from weeks eight through 18 last season. Yeah. And this would be the week to like start letting it rip last year. The Titans were the biggest pass funnel in the NFL. The Titans defense was 28th in passing EPA allowed. They were first in rushing EPA allowed. So if Chris Olave isn't getting peppered with targets this week, that's where we're going to have some problems here. Very curious to see how healthy Michael Thomas is looking 
as well. I have a kind of modest approach with him. He thinks that he's fully ready for the season. And we already talked about it. The depth chart at running back for the Saints is as bad as it gets right now. Uh, So this should be a very good week for Chris Olave. Yeah, in that span from week eight to week 18, Chris Olave, according to Rich Rebar, ranked 64th among all wide receivers in routes run while running 30 or more pass routes just once in those nine games. We need that to change in order for him to finish the season as a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah, I'm really hoping we see it immediately here. Okay, Mari Cooper, your wide receiver 16. Tell me about it. Yeah, the pick and lobby has them at 56 and a half yards. I didn't really mm. have like a good matchup note or anything like this. I think that it's going to be a brand new offense that we're looking with Deshaun Watson. Very curious to see how it looks. I think Amari Cooper is much better than the rest of them. I think David Njoku is going to be the true number two in this offense. I don't think anyone should feel confident in how good Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper are going to look. All I know is the Bengals defense might look better on paper than they actually do in reality because last year they got so lucky with the quarterbacks they faced. Wow. Hopefully Deshaun Watson looks a little bit better. But like you said, this is a shootout potential. So I think this is where he should be right. A Lou on a rumo fade. Uh, how dare you? I, this is another carryover though, from last season where Amari Cooper was really good, but then really bad when Deshaun Watson was there, not because of his own accord, but you know, with how Deshaun played, he finished higher than wide receiver 30, just once in his final six games. Uh, and against these Bengals in that same time span, he just caught two passes. For 42 yards so like i think we are going to see how good deshaun watson is through the stats of amari cooper if that makes sense yeah i think it does make sense i will i will note though deshaun watson and amari cooper late in the season like they had like three games where the weather was like 30 yeah. degrees and super windy so hopefully that was like one of the big factors and not just deshaun watson forgetting how to play T Higgins against those Cleveland Browns. A good note here from Rich Rebar in five games against the Browns. T Higgins has never topped 78 yards. Yeah. Interesting. The pick and lobby has his receiving line at 60 in the half yards here. Once again, looking at if Denzel Ward is going to play on the boundary and their number two corners, just not very good. He was 11th worst in targets per snap last year. So I think T Higgins is going to be totally fine. Yeah, and a reshuffled offensive line here. We get Orlando Brown at left tackle, Jonah Williams at right tackle, and they have to face off against a fresh Miles Garrett and Sedarius Smith. Uh, that's a battle I'm going to be keeping my eyes on. Jalen Waddle against the Chargers is your wide receiver 18. Do you want to bring up, as we talked about with Tyreek Hill, despite the blueprint that the Chargers defense put out there, Tyreek Hill got home. Meanwhile, Jalen Waddle had just four targets, two receptions, and 31 yards against the Chargers last season. And what the Chargers did in particular was play way more aggressive at the line of scrimmage to throw off some of the timing that Tua, Waddle, and Tyreek Hill had really dialed last year. I think Jalen Waddle is a little worse against press man coverage than some of the other like elite wide receivers, just like a flaw in his games, kind of undersized. He's more of a speed guy. I think if the Chargers do that again, that would hurt Waddle specifically. Still, a player as talented and as explosive oh, yeah. as Waddle, you can only rank him so far down. So this is kind of where I settled. Core injury all of preseason. He is practicing all this week. Um, he is wide receiver 10 in consensus ranking. So that is way above where you have him. But I understand it. Again, this carryover from last season, Jalen Waddle was the wide receiver 30 or lower in six of his final eight games. And again, that included one of these matchups against the Chargers. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 19, against a loaded San Francisco 49ers defense that will have Nick Bosa on it. When I had this ranking, it, I was assuming <laughs> Nick Bosa was not going to get under contract. I don't think it's going to matter all that much for him. I, I'm expecting Deontay Johnson to have a massive target share like he has been. Yeah. I'm expecting the efficiency just to look a little bit better. 
pick them lobby 50 and a half yards. So like this is like a decent tier break from like the guys I was just talking about and the Steelers team totals under 20 points this week. So not a good matchup necessarily, but I'm kind of sticking where I think the targets are going to go. And I think it will end up going to Deontay. Yeah, again, you are much higher than the consensus ranks who have him as wide receiver 27. Uh, I don't think the Steelers scored a single touchdown from outside the red zone of last year. And we know that Deontay Johnson didn't contribute to that at all. Look, I think it'd be very poetic if we get here at the end of week one and Deontay Johnson has like two touchdowns to his Mm -hmm. name after not scoring a single one last year. That would be a full on regression hitting positively in week one. Okay, we close up the top 20. And tier two with Debo Samuel in this same game. Talk to me. Yeah, pick him lobby 49 and a half yards are right next to Deontay Johnson. I'm expecting a better Debo Samuel. I trust when Debo Samuel says he's going into Hmm. savage mode. I think he will go into savage mode here. The 49ers aren't projected for that many points. The Steelers defense very well respected. Obviously, Uh, Patrick Peterson played better than I was remembered going back and looking at the PFF grades. Uh, I think this is a fine matchup for Debo Samuel, but really like, the reality is like the 49ers project for like 21 and a half points. That's like not that sexy. Yeah. I mean, I will say against TJ Watt and the newly paid Alec, Alex Highsmith, like I wouldn't be surprised with what we saw during Brock Purdy during preseason coming off injury, potential questions along the offensive line too. If we see a quick passing game and right. that can really favor a yak option like Debo Samuel this week too. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. All right. We close out tier two, get into tier three, and that leads us off with another Seahawks wide receiver in Tyler Lockett. Any other conversation with him against the Rams as we just talked about with DK Metcalf? Yeah, I think this is probably going to be Tyler Lockett's best projection of the season just because of the projected points, the matchup, JSN being limited. Um, so this is probably as high as I'll rank Tyler Lockett unless he like continues to dunk on DK Metcalf, which I which last year was just touchdowns. It was none of the other categories. Right. It was literally just touchdowns. Drake London is your wide receiver 22 against the Carolina Panthers. Hayden, we were promised a more balanced offense all offseason. We better damn get it we, in week one. Yeah, just when you look at it, projected plays and how many points they're supposed to score, the Falcons just are sitting in the not great quadrant of the chart here. Still, I love Drake London as a player. The matchup's like fine. Like the the Panthers have a lot of talent, especially if Brian Burns is out there. Sounds like he is going to be. Yes, so that's good news for the Panthers defense. I will say they underperformed how much talent they had last year, but they also got one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL, a defense coordinator that might get head coaching jobs very soon. So I'm wondering if the Panthers defense is going to look a lot better this year now that they have 
somebody that I trust uh, kind of dialing up the plays. Last year, Drake London had fewer than 50 receiving yards in 10 games. You know that this was like one of my flag plants all of fancy draft season. I think Drake London is now the focal point of this passing game. We just better not get like 23 passing attempts from Desmond Ritter in this game. Like if that happens, I am just going to be upset and call him a liar for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. Okay. Jahan Dotson checks in as wide receiver 23. Uh, we did see Terry McLaurin going through warmups. He in practice, I should say, Terry McLaurin said he expects himself to play. He is coming off a toe injury that many have called a turf toe in his absence. Jahan Dotson has starred as his team's starting wide receiver and he gets the Arizona Cardinals here in week one. Yeah, so this ranking assumes that Terry McLaurin is not going to play. I'll update it if McLaurin is out there, but really this matchup is so damn good. Uh, yeah. The Cardinals are starting a six-round rookie corner who I've never heard of. Uh, the oft-cooked Marco Wilson and then a career backup in Antonio Hamilton in the secondary. It's as bad as it gets. And the like, Jahan Dotson, I don't think that he's just like somebody that like, oh, the kind of Terry McLaurin sidekick. Like I think Jahan Dotson is like a true like number one win on the outside. Like he's not just like some like – uh, undersized slot guy like if McLaurin is not a part of the picture like he could handle his own as like a legit number one this is the second largest spread of the week the commander is favored by seven points but yet they're only expected to score 22 and a half points in this game that doesn't like totally connect with mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, if I was going to pick a side there it'd be the commanders <laughs> oh well no of course but what I'm saying is like Again, among the other teams that are favored by 10 points, let's say the Ravens, they're expected to score almost 27 points. The Vikings and the Seahawks are expected to win by six and five and a half points. Their projected totals are, you know, 26 points. So, like, the commanders are much lower Mm -hmm. down that list. I guess maybe they think they're going to take some of the pace out of the game. I don't know. I think it's probably just Sam Howell, just probably one of the bottom. I mean, Sam Howell to Jahan Dotson has been a thing Mm -hmm. of beauty so far. I'm really, really excited for Jahan Dotson here in week one. Okay. Cortland Sutton is your wide receiver 24. We've disagreed on this a bit, but he was one of the players that to you moved up your rankings the most from let's say May until mid August. Yeah. So this is just looking at Jerry Judy, assuming that he's out and where the Broncos are projected this week. It was actually kind of shocking to see where they were in projected points. They're supposed to score 24 points this week. Like where, like, is Javante Williams an upside RB2 or is like Cortland Sutton the guy? Is Greg Dulcich the guy? Like wh- who, who's scoring the touchdowns and the points for the, the Broncos? I think it's going to be Cortland Sutton. You, you have him as wide receiver 24. Again, consensus rankings have him as wide receiver 31. I will add that last year against the Las Vegas Raiders, Sutton caught five of seven targets for 80 yards in that game. Two Bucks wide receivers back-to-back here with Chris Godwin as wide receiver 25. Mike Evans as wide receiver 26 against Brian Flores' defense and the Minnesota Vikings. Another one of these where I was looking at the Pickham lobby and I saw that Baker Mayfield was like projected for like 230 passing yards. And then like you start looking at some of the other quarterbacks and he's projected for more yards in general. Wow. And the Vikings' two outside corners have a combined 100 pass coverage, coverage snaps in the NFL. They're going to be starting a third-round uh, corner from USC. The Vikings were already 31st uh, against fantasy wide receivers. It sounds like Mike Evans is having a good camp. We'll see if he gets that contract or not. But I do think it's just going to be funneled to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. We think that Justin Jefferson is going to have a huge week. We think that Hawkinson or Addison is going to step up to the table. We have a good ranking on Alexander Madison. I'm expecting garbage time. I think that will be functional enough, at least throwing the ball to Mike Evans in man coverage. 
just a few notes again from the worksheet of Retrieval. The Bucks ran 144 more pass routes than the next closest team last season, and they ran 1,678 more pass routes than the 32nd ranked team uh, last year. So <laughs> we'll see how much that gap closes this year with Baker Mayfield at quarterback and not Tom Brady. Okay, we talked about Calvin Ridley earlier. Again, he is your wide receiver six. Now we get Christian Kirk down here as wide receiver 27. Yeah, I just think the Jaguars are going to put up a bunch of points here. I think there is going to be a gap between Kirk and Calvin Ridley. I also think that Zay Jones has a chance to go off just because you know. I really think that the Colts are just a really bad team. Like, yeah. and I, they're going to play really fast on offense. Like, that's the exciting part about this, and why we'll we'll get to Michael Pittman in a second. If the Colts defense sucks, and at least they're playing fast on offense, you can at least get some garbage time numbers going. Um, but I think that Christian Kirk's going to be totally fine. This isn't the matchup to bring up any negatives for Christian Kirk. I will say on like a per route and per target basis last year, he was not very efficient uh, and he might be running fewer routes this year, but I don't want to say that when they're facing the Colts here in week one. Okay. Big one, DJ Moore, your wide receiver 28 against the Green Bay Packers. We have seen elite talents change teams and immediately hit the ground running. I'm not going to call DJ Moore an elite talent. I'll call him in the land of very good. And I will actually add that while you can look at, Green Bay's defense last year in terms of corners and allowing points to receptions, so on and so forth, receivers. Um, I think the pieces at each level are better than what they put out on the field last year. Yeah, the pass rush looks way better in Jair Alexander was PFF's cornerback four on the season. That's who DJ Moore is going to be facing. DJ Moore did cook Jair Alexander on the Panthers a couple years ago, but it really just comes down to volume. And like right now, the pick and lobby has DJ Moore at 47 and a half receiving yards. Like that's wide receiver three land. And honestly, the preseason game, like he had the long touchdown on the screen. It was really bad. Aside from that, like Justin Fields, it, you mean? Yes. The concepts, the, yes. the, yeah, yeah. the offensive I mean, line isn't, isn't that very healthy right now. It's just, ah, you don't have to tell me about it. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins is your wide receiver. 29. My big question is, does nuke still have it? And like, what is his usage going to be like on this team in this environment? And where is he targeted in comparison to the likes of Traylon Burks? Yeah. So we still got to make sure that Traylon Burks is going to play. It sounds like Burks will be out there. Uh, even if he is though, it's just the Titans are not projected to score very many points. Right. Like one of these games, Titans and saints, historically not a whole lot of play volume there. DeAndre Hopkins probably going to see some Marshawn Lattimore unless he plays way more slot than we're expected in the saints just last year in general were 10th against fantasy wide receiver. So I would say it's like a net negative matchup for Deandre Hopkins. And I think this is kind of where he's going to land. Talked a lot about where you're higher than consensus rankings on you're lower on Deandre Hopkins by a handful of spots. They have him as wide receiver 23. Uh, I am closer to where you are on this. Okay. Van Jefferson, I believe is next for you to close up this tier as wide receiver 30. As we were recording the show, Cooper Cup is going to miss week one, and Sean McVay did not rule out the possibility of the team putting him on injured reserve, which would make him miss the first four games of the year. That freaking sucks. We always talk about, though, when it comes to not just – let's talk about running backs first in that handcuffs, hey, it's all about opportunity, volume, that can equal points. For wide receivers, hey, it's different. It's not like the backup wide receiver just – goes in and we'll get the same exact opportunity, the same exact uh, projection, all of that for the starter. Um, but at least this thrusts Van Jefferson into your wide receiver three or flex territory. I still do view Van Jefferson as like a NFL starting caliber player. And like 
the guys behind them. It's like featherweight two, two Atwell, And then a fifth round rookie and Puka Nakua as his like target getters. Uh, last season when Cooper cup was out, Van Jefferson averaged 42 yards per game in those eight games. But that was also with like dual threat backup quarterbacks. Now at least, at least we have Matthew Stafford and we talked about it. We think the Seahawks are going to go crazy. I think yeah. that there will be passing volume for, for in particular, Tyler Higby and Van Jefferson. Tyler Higby had like a 22% target share in those last eight games without Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson was like a 17%. I think that's kind of where, where we're going to be looking at. I think Stafford's going to have to like drop back like 40 times. It will not be pretty, but I would not be surprised if Van Jefferson got 10 pretty disgusting targets. All right. We'll pick up the pace here in tier four. Lead this one off with rookie Jordan Addison. Some people might be shocked because wide receiver two on the team is KJ Osborne after he did not play in the preseason. So is Hayden Jordan Addison going to be the wide receiver three? Is he going to be the wide receiver two and two wide receiver sets? I think he will be the number two. I will look for reports before the game starts to see if that's the case, but it seemed like they were grooming him to be that last year. And if he is the number two, I think that would, I would move him into the kind of 25 overall Ooh. range, even higher than this. So I am actually hedging a little bit that he's not going to be out there for every single snap. But like just look at the, the, the Bucks, it's just going to be an absolute shit show over there. I think that Kirk Cousins in the past for like 300 yards. Hollywood Marquise Brown is your wide receiver 32. I totally get it, man. He has areas where he wins. He's probably like the player right now that we know like the ceiling outcome uh, in previous seasons just sticks there on the board, yet he continues to last because no one wants to take yeah. the top wide receiver on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and when you look at it, like over the opening six weeks of last season – Marquise Brown was fifth in the NFL in receptions, seventh in receiving yards, and he also had three touchdowns. But, dude, I am all the way out connected to this offensive coordinator and Josh Dobbs. Yeah, the, the Dobbs stuff's not good. His historical numbers are not great. I He just got there into town. The Cardinals projected 15 and a half points. So That's I actually huge. 15 and a half, and I mean the opposite of huge. Yeah. Like that is bottom of the barrel stuff, a full point more than the next closest team. Yeah, so I actually moved Marquise Brown, my latest update, down to like wide receiver thirty six. It's just not great. I'm trying, but like this is one of those. Optimism? This is one of those points that I want to bring up though, where when you get into the spot where a team is supposed to lose by so many points, people are like, "Oh, I'll just put in my lineup because we're going to get garbage time out of that." It's garbage time because your team is not scoring points uh, to be in the game, and points on the scoreboard means fancy points for us. Like I don't want to live and die by this garbage time shit. I can't do it. Yeah. If I'm going to do it, I'd rather do the Van Jefferson way where I at least trust Matthew Stafford to like have the throwback Detroit Lions passing volume. I don't trust Dobbs in that. Yeah, like fewer points on the scoreboard means fewer points for us in fantasy. Like that's how Analytics. we need to think about it. Not like, oh, in the fourth quarter, my guy might throw for 75 yards. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Okay. Sorry. Michael Pittman is wide receiver 33. Um, no John and Taylor, no Jelani Woods. The ball has to go somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It's not going to be accurate passes, but Michael Pittman is, I think, a really good player. The Colts, I was kind of surprised, are projected for 20 points. That's like way, like a couple more points than Bryce Young and CJ Stroud over there. Um, I think a lot of it's just looking at the preseason usage. A lot of the balls are going to go to Michael Pittman. I don't trust Alec Pierce at all. And I think they're going <laughs> to play with a lot of pace. And I think that's what's yeah. going to be the saving grace for Michael Pittman. They're going to do it in a totally different way. But remember last year against the Jaguars where Michael Pittman like ran the same exact route over and over and over again. It was like slants and inside breakers. And he just racked up all these yards and they couldn't stop. And they won the game on like a fourth mm -hmm. down conversion too. Uh, again, it's going to be different. But Michael Pittman owned the Jaguars last year. 
Brandon Ayuk against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, five of nine of Brandon Ayuk's top 12 scoring weeks have been when Debo Samuel misses time. Uh, Ayuk had just four targets inside the 10 yard line last year, but Ooh. scored on just four of them. I think Brandon Ayuk is an incredible talent. This is why I continue to draft him. But man, when he plays with Debo, you can't rank him highly at all. Yeah. For now. For yeah. now. Yeah. This is one of those like on a per week ranking basis. He's not a good draft pick, but all it takes is, like one injury. And then all of a sudden yeah. he can, he has a talent to vault up. So yeah, this is the same thing. Not a good matchup against the Steelers. Talk to me about George Pickens because last year he ran 221 go routes, which were the most <laughs> in the NFL among all wide receivers. And when those hit, you know, those are great, but is there going to be like another evolution to his game here this season? I'm hoping that there is. Um, we saw a couple flashes of it in the preseason, but it's still a lot of go routes here. It's a very inconsistent way to accrue fantasy points. That's why I have Deontay Johnson much further ahead here. Yeah, if you want to flip the coin and bet on talent in George Pickens, I don't blame you, but this is a pretty rough matchup, uh, especially if Nick Bose is going to be out there. Okay, those are the top 36 wide receivers. That means your wide receiver 37, 38, and 39. I should add Brandon Cooks, Christian Watson, Gabriel Davis, and Michael Thomas. There you go. There's those four. Um, who do you want to talk about in that grouping? Yeah, I think Brandon Cooks is a week to, to start, and we're talking about an outside wide receiver against rookie corners. We talked about how uh, frequently – these type of corners are picked on. I think that Brandon Cooks could definitely play, especially early on in the season. The Cowboys are projected for a lot of points. And I think that the Giants offense has just enough firepower to kind of keep themselves alive in that game. So Brandon Cooks, his receiving line projections at 44 and a half yards. I think that's like right in the flex territory. So I think he's like, you can do worse than starting Brandon Cooks in your flex. And we did want to bring up Christian Watson here because he – surprisingly missed practice on Wednesday. Uh, so did Romeo Dobbs, who's dealing with a hamstring injury. I don't know if we know of the reason why Christian Watson is out so far. Obviously, if this updates, if he is going to play, I believe Hayden prior to this had him around like wide receiver 25. Anyways, tune in to the Sunday morning Q&A show. We'll have all the updates and answer all your Christian Watson questions at that time. In my latest rankings, I just removed Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs since they didn't practice at all on Wednesday. And I put Jaden Reed as my wide receiver 43. The only other options for the Packers at wide receiver, it's like Dontavian Wicks, who's a fifth round rookie. Uh, they have this like tall, skinny slot wide receiver from the seventh round last year. And then this rookie Malik Heath, who's like kind of like a Romeo Dobbs, like thicker dude who actually balled in the preseason, but really like it's going to be Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and Aaron Jones getting all the receptions here, not these other guys. So pretty aggressive ranking Jaden Reed, uh, the 43rd wide receiver in my rankings, but I think he's going to go from slot only to an every down roll. Well, we're going to forget about that Jaden Reed ranking here for a moment. Uh, we're going to get into tier five because the next three players are all on the same team. You have Rashad Bateman as wide receiver 40. You have Odell Beckham as wide receiver 41 and then Zay Flowers as wide receiver 42. This is egregious, blasphemous, whatever words you want to use. I'm looking for help in the comments or from my co-host Josh Norris. Uh, how should we break this down? Well, you are ranking the guy that has been the least reliable of these three so far as the top wide receiver in Rashad Bateman. I think he also coming off a of Liz Frank injury where he missed training camp. Uh, is also the most likely to play the least amount of snaps between these three wide receivers too. 
he's been fully practicing for a couple weeks now, though. So that's where I have a little more optimism with Rashad Bateman being in two wide receiver sets. The Ravens did, they were in a, like three wide receiver sets for most of their preseason snaps, which is like fairly optimistic for all of them. Like not that much of a surprise with Todd Monken. I'm hoping that we, that translates to the NFL season. Uh, I, I do think that Mark Andrews is going to lead this team in targets once again. And then w- I think these three will be very inconsistent. Um, I think that Rashad Bateman's got the best like age, health, and like size of the group, but I, I have no confidence. Zay Flowers should easily be the top ranked wide receiver of this group, I feel like. To your point on three wide receiver sets, uh, the team used 11 personnel on 74% of their passing plays in the preseason. They only used three wide receiver sets on a league low 18.4% of their passing plays last year. The next closest was 407 percent so we're going to see a whole new team and this is why trying to predict what the ravens not only passing game is going to look like but who is going to get receptions and yards where is so difficult heading mm-hmm. into this year so i could see i guarantee you these three will not be ranked next to each other next nope. week i won't be a coward next week yes there you go uh zay flowers though i mean to your credit you're right next to consensus he is wide receiver 39 in consensus ranking so not too much of a difference there with you. Okay, we'll continue on here to close this out. Zay Jones is your wide receiver 43. Then Traylon Burks, who practiced in full on Wednesday. Hot take here. I think Traylon Burks finishes with more receiving yards than DeAndre Hopkins in week one. Yeah, now that I have a full practice from him, I will update the rankings and move Traylon Burks up. He was a player that I was buying the dip on just because I thought it was going to take a year for development. Uh, we had the knee injury, but if he's a full participant, I'm expecting him to be a full-time player this week, and I will move him probably into the wide receiver 30s. Okay, then we have Alan Lazard, Juju Smith-Schuster as your wide receiver 45 and 46. And I think we close this out with Kadarius Tony, MVS, and Sky Moore, once again, another ridiculous, egregious, blasphemous rankings here of these three. I fully believe Sky Moore should be the top ranked wide receiver of this group. Oh, I think I think that's blasphemy. Uh, Sky Moore. The, the thing to remember about Sky Moore is he's not been good at all. He's that, that right, is, no, ready, ready, ready. That is a ridiculous ready. statement. He had to make. he had a negative EPA on his targets last year with Patrick Mahomes. That's almost impossible. This preseason, he played on the outside on just thirty eight percent of his snaps. He saw a target on two of his 21 routes. He had six air yards, six air yards. Kadarius Tony, most importantly, was a full participant on Wednesday, a full. Do you think he knows the offense? Do you think that Kadarius Tony knows what he's supposed to do out there on the field? And you're talking to like a fan of Kadarius Tony's. Yeah, I, I think he's been out there enough to, to know the playbook. It's He's had a full offseason. I mean, no excuses at this point. I don't care if he doesn't know the, the playbook because I know that Patrick Mahomes, without Travis Kelsey, they're going to dial up six targets to him. He's not going to be a full-time player. Quite frankly, I don't care just because I don't think these other wide receivers in the mix. Justin Watson's going to be out there for snaps. He's not going to earn any targets. He's just like basically uh, running underdog cardio club out there. MVS is just one step above that. And you're telling me that you've seen splashes from Sky Moore win. It's what, what? Tony's the only the only guy that has a chance to be like ranked inside the top 25 next week. The only guy is Kadarius Tony. He's got a full-time role. I don't think it's the the most likely scenario, but the only guy that at least has a chance to climb multiple tiers, in my opinion, is Kadarius. And, I mean, this is an incredibly important conversation because almost assuredly Travis Kelsey is going to miss yeah. Thursday night football. Um, okay. 
the pick and lobby, since you love it so much, Hayden, obviously it doesn't include Kadarius Tony, but MVS is there at 40 and a half receiving yards. Sky Moore is there at 45 and a half receiving yards. I, okay. I fully believe that Sky Moore outproduces MVS and Kadarius Tony this week. Fully believe okay. it. All right. Do your rankings then. <laughs> no, this is not my job. I do many other things. Okay. okay. And this closes out with, um, but, but real quick, no, I'm Nico not Collins as, as your wide receiver 50. When, what games do I need to watch from Sky Moore that like I'm no, seeing okay. the flashes from, honestly, though? So I am not the biggest Sky Moore fan, right? But I will say, when I went back and watched him for our second year breakouts video for wide receivers, I did see more in terms of creating separation and sustaining it, like we saw at Western Michigan as the season went along. I don't think he understood exactly what he was going to do in this offense, which takes players a lot of time. It seems like, right? Mm -hmm. Like this was very different going from that program to the best offense in the league that more than any other team changes. It seems like personnel groupings and different roles for players and so on and so forth all the time. Not just like, Oh, you're out there this snap, next snap, next snap. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I, I was just surprised that I, Based on his numbers, like you saw, I was expecting to be disappointed in Sky Moore, and I left thinking, um, there's actually more there than I thought. Do you think that he can play on the outside at all? Because this preseason, they basically said, like, not happening, bro. They He was, like, in the slot on, like, 70% of the Okay, snap. prediction time. I don't know if we see that much more from Kadarius Tony other than, like, manufactured touches in this game. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. But if he gets six of them, I'll take I'll take my chances. <laughs> six jet sweeps. There we go. Take it to the promised land, the joystick. Okay, that's going to do it. That was a fun one to end on. Okay, tomorrow, ahead of the opening game of the 2023 NFL season, we'll be dropping quarterback plus tight end plus sicko DST tiers at the exact same time. Get your big boy pants on or big girl pants on because it is about to rumble here in week one. Go and watch the running back rankings video at the exact same time. And as you know, with all these pick em projections that producer weaves threw up there on the screen, if you click in the link in the description down below, deposit for the very first time, we are giving you a Patrick Mahomes pick em special over half a passing yard, which might be difficult without Travis Kelsey, uh, <laughs> to go along with matching your first deposit up to, I believe it's, 100 bucks might yep. be 200 bucks now who knows um but anyways go and play underdog fantasy and there's still time for you to do these drafts including weekly winners all right for hayden i'm josh producer weaves up the villa talk to y'all soon